1: Welcome, 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 and if you want to run with the Game Changers, I absolutely, well, you know I do, I promise, you are in the right place we have a great topic for you today. Facebook what? Yes, Facebook, etc meaning Facebook and more and your business. Do they really go together in the same sentence? Well we're going to talk about Facebook, etc and your business beyond friending. Here let's get started with the topic. the verb to friend or not to friend that probably is the question. It's a very big question. Over 1 billion people probably those of you listening already use Facebook and other social media. What for? Well, mainly for personal communication. Come on, we know. Look at what people are doing and where they went and where they ate and what they did on their vacations and whose kids are having a a bar mitzvah or a a special event at school and who just got a new saxophone and whose mother-in-law just had a birthday, yada, yada, yada. However, Businesses are catching on. They are seeing sales gold, if you will, in them, thar social media hills. But what are they doing about it? A lot of businesses are using what we call a pixels versus people approach. And guess what? It isn't working so well. People want you to be people with them. They want you to engage and be authentic. So a couple of big questions arise. How can B2C and B2B businesses like yours? I know you're out there listening around the world. How can you market effectively to Facebook and other social platform members? And what if you make the effort? You go to the effort. You put everything in place. You train your people. You get it all ready. What is the potential payoff? Why bother? Well, we've got a panel of experts today, and the bottom line is we're going to help you learn how to master what we call authentic social engagement so you can benefit from the exciting possibilities in these dynamic new social communities. You don't want to ignore them. You want to tap into them, but it's got to be done the right way. First up on our panel, I'm thrilled to welcome Jamie Tedford. He's the founder and CEO of a company called Brand Networks, and Jamie has sent me a very, very, very long and very wonderful quote from Steve Jobs. Oh, come on. You all know who Steve Jobs was. Best known as the co-founder, chairman, of brainiac, and chief executive officer of Apple and CEO and largest shareholder of Pixar Animation Studios. Unfortunately, Steve passed away in 2011, but there's a big movie out now, a biopic called Steve Jobs. I haven't seen it yet. We might do some movie reviews later in the show. Here's the quote Jamie selected. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them, but the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward, and while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius Because the ones who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. Ah, I need to take a drink. Jamie Tedford, (laughs) welcome to Coffee Break Radio. What a fabulous quote. How are you, Jamie?
2: Very good. Thanks for having me, Bonnie.
1: Oh, delighted. Talk to me. How did you pick this quote for our show today?
2: Well, you know it 's two things one, um, I actually got the chance to meet Steve Jobs um, and present a creative idea for, to him, um, which was probably i will look back uh, at the end of my career and probably think that was that was one of the pinnacles that 's probably a longer story for another time, but the quote itself really resonates with me um, for a couple of reasons. Um, for me personally I, I I bootstrapped my company, I quit a really great job at a great advertising agency and um what without saying I was crazy, I knew a lot of my friends and certainly my mother, she actually said crazy um, thought, what are you doing this you 're taking this huge gamble and and for me it was it was um, I saw it as not such a gamble. I saw social media as as this new transformative way to communicate with between people and brands, and uh, it just seemed like you know the moment in time that I had to take my first and 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 a big risk with three kids and a mortgage and a recession, and um, you know I guess my point is is that sometimes what might seem crazy to others is the only way to take a risk and have the kind of result in, uh, that you that you hope for.
1: Very, very interesting. How do you think Steve Jobs would feel about knowing that we're using his quote on a show about social networks and business? Do you think he would say, you guys are crazy, it can't happen? Or do you think it's, are you going to be able to share some really practical advice with our audience today, Jamie, on how to make it less crazy and very doable and profitable?
2: Absolutely. I think, you know, when I started the company in 2006, I spent the better part of two years trying to convince big brands and small brands that, you know, the social media thing and Facebook specifically is here to stay. And I don't have to make that, I don't have to make that claim anymore. Uh, what I do need to do is help, help our customers and, and prospects figure out how to make the most of it and help, help drive their business with, with social media.
1: Thank you, Jamie. I think it's the next big frontier, and we're already there at the brink, looking out over the horizon, and it's right here now. So a lot to talk about, and thank you so much for sharing a little about your company and who you are. Let's go to our next panelist. We're pleased to welcome Hari Ashvini, who is a Senior Director of Corporate Business Development at SAP, and Hari has picked a quote from U.S. President Bill Clinton, (coughs) who was born in 1946. I don't know if anybody knows his real name. I was very surprised. I was Jefferson Blythe, B-L-Y-T-H-E the third. I don't know where Clinton came into the picture. He was the 42nd president of the U.S. from 93 to 2001. And anybody hiding under a rock may be surprised to know that his wife, our former first lady, is now a, a wannabe candidate for on the Democratic ticket for U.S. president in the 2016 election. And since we don't talk politics, that's all I'm going to say. And here is the quote, the price of doing the same old thing is far higher than the price of change. I want to say, yalla, amen, everybody join behind this one. This is a great mantra. Hari Ashvini, welcome to the show. How are you, Hari?
3: Very good, Bonnie. Thank you so much for having me. and really excited to be here with, uh, with Jamie and Yvette.
1: Wonderful. The- we haven't introduced Yvette yet. We will in just a minute. She's getting on her landline, so that's something we'll talk about in a moment. Hari, how did you come to pick this quote from Bill Clinton? It's a really great quote.
3: So, 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 Bonnie, let, let me tell you a story. Um, my job takes me all over the world, and, and a couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to be in China. And took a day off, went to a local temple, and uh, there was a little ceremony. And after the ceremony, my guide told me, you know, it's customary to give him some money, some donation, whatever. So I reached for my wallet. Uh, the priest in front of me uh, stopped me for a second, took out his cell phone, opened a social media application, whatever they use in China. And there was a QR code in it, and was expecting me to send money to him through mobile uh, that was mind blowing to me. That was like, wow. And then I looked at him with surprised eyes and he smiled and he said, in a, in a strong accent, he said, Smart temple. Um, so from smart cities to smart temple. But on a more uh, real note, I mean, if you go to Bangladesh, you'll see that um, in Bangladesh they have a central bank, but they don't have as many branches. So it's very hard for people, especially in rural areas, uh, if you're a farmer, it's very hard for him to go find a bank, get money to go buy a part for a motor that we may need. And social media there has also injected payment services into the the, the community so they're able to transact, buy things, get services and goods using social media as a channel. So while we say, you know, in the U.S., it's, it's right now it's kind of getting to the point uh, where it's just, you know, Liking each other, friending, befriending, whatever. But in the developing world, it's having a real impact on how the society works uh, and how people's lives are being changed by social media and the kind of services that you can offer through social media.
1: Very, very interesting, Hari, Do you think Bill Clinton would be honored to be included on a show called Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio?
3: I think if you told him Facebook was here, he'll definitely join. I mean, he's. <laughs>
1: Do you think he would bring his saxophone and serenade us? Oh, please say yes. I would absolutely love that. <laughs> Thank you very much, Our Pleasure to welcome you. And change is the operative word here. I'm so glad that was included in your quote. And third up on the panel, I think we have her now. She is Yvette Louie, L-U-I. She's a director of Global Data and Audience Partnerships at Facebook, speaking of the devil. And Yvette has sent me a wonderful quote from Nelson Mandela. Anybody wondering Yes, yes, yes. You all know who he was. A South African anti apartheid revolutionary, politician, and philanthropist. And he served as president of South Africa from 1994 to 1999, passed away in 2013. Here's the quote along the theme of what Hari has sent us and Jamie as well It always seems impossible until it's done. Yvette Louis, welcome. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing very well, Bonnie. Thank you for joining us. Are you in a safe, quiet place now? I know you were traveling at the beginning, yes? I, I am. I, I am in a safe, quiet place and on my mobile. Okay. We're going to switch over to a landline after the break. Yvette, I love the quote. It, it just seems to gather up everything we've been talking about with Jamie and Hari and their quotes from Bill Clinton and Steve Jobs. It always seems impossible until it's done. So talk to me. How did you pick that for our show today?
4: Well, I mean, I, I think uh, on the on the first hand, I would say I feel very lucky to work at a company that has big ambitions. But I would say my marketing career started well over fifteen years ago, and I remember uh, starting very early on about broadcast media was the thing, and uh, and it lost some of its lackluster in terms of feeling very personal and. And, uh, you know, messages just being shot across the bow to you. And, uh, over time in, 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 just my own personal career in, in marketing, it started to get better. It started to get more targeted. It started to get more focused on, uh, on people. And so. I would say, on a personal level, when it comes to my career, at least, it it almost felt it was impossible to get back to a, a point where you had this personal connection to businesses and, and all the marketing messages that you had were meaningful and, and tailored towards you. Um, and so we have this quote around Facebook, I think, not only from a marketing standpoint, but just also from a, wow, who would have thought 10 years ago that we could have a platform that could connect the world and give voice to people um, who otherwise wouldn't be able to have voice, whether that's expressing themselves that you as you said at the beginning of the show uh, because they got married or because they had a baby or mm-hmm. um, or that they got promoted at, at work um, but also being connected in parts of the world that you never thought would would happen in Kenya and other parts of Africa where Internet is now available and people can feel connected to the rest of the world and have access to information.
1: Yvette, I have a thank you very much for that great intro and glad to know a little more background about you. A quick question on a tactical level. Maybe it's a strategic question. You tell me. From Facebook point of view, if you're going to conduct business on Facebook, should you have a separate account for Yvette Louie, the human being who likes to drink coffee or whatever we're going to find out, and a separate page for Yvette Louie, the director of Global Data and Audience Partnerships at Facebook, to do business under your title? Should it, and I'm not saying just to doing it underneath the Facebook business page, but should you, Yvette, as a person, have two separate pages to do two separate separate lines of communication if you will what are your thoughts on that
4: well it's funny that you ask that because i will say very honestly that uh before i joined facebook i would keep my personal and my work uh completely separate uh Mm -hmm. and when i got here that completely turned that on its head on day one i think i had a hundred friend requests a hundred more than probably the the 50 that i had before then (laughs) uh and, and you know, I eventually embraced it. I did ask my team for feedback after my first three months. And I said, what's the number one thing I could do to help support you better? And they said, uh, can you use the platform more to express yourself? Um, and so I, I, I actually have grown to just be one person and share what's on my mind, whether it's personally um, things that are happening in my life or articles that I'm reading that I find very interesting or inspiring, uh, all the way to actually advertising on behalf of my my friend's uh, restaurant in Zurich, uh, and uh, and being able to not only comment as Yvette Louie, but also being able to post uh, things uh, on behalf of their business. So, so I, I see it as you are your own you know person, whether you're at work mm-hmm. or or uh, personally, and it's a platform for you to be able to express yourself. However you need and then there's filters there so if there are certain things
1: that you only want to share with a small set of your friends and family you can do that got it so that's the trick the trick the the nuance if you will is using the filters and and as they say uh, Shakespeare said I there's the rub you have to know how to use the platform to maximize it thank you so much and Yvette just before you came on or when we started with you I mentioned I was going to uh, share with everybody I think Nelson Mandela's middle name do you happen to know what it is I don't. I'm dying to know. Well, I don't die, but here it is. Rolly Lala. It's R O L I H L A H L A. Which actually is very malevolent maleficent and uh, very beautiful. I think it's melodious. It's it's a lovely name. So that's just a little trivia about Nelson Lil Nelson Mandela. Yvette, so happy you could join us uh, and we're going to circle back to our opening speaker, Jamie Tedford at Brand Networks. Jamie, you know what's coming. Yeah. I have a very yes, yes, Bonnie. I have a very important question for you. What are you drinking right now? Where are you calling from? What time of day is it? And where? What are you drinking right now, or what are you planning to drink after the show? Because this is coffee break with Game Changers.
2: Jamie, tell me. Well, to maintain um, the appropriateness, I am drinking coffee um and uh, so I'm, I'm i'm here in boston uh and it is 11:18 local time uh mm-hmm. so i'm into my first uh glass of starbucks cold brew um, which i discovered about 3 months ago and i got to tell you it is A little bit life-changing. I think I'm 100% converted. Um, I don't drink hot coffee anymore. I don't drink iced coffee. Um, I've been told that you have to describe cold brew like you would a fine Chablis. So I would say it is nutty with hints of chocolate. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's also uh, an added benefit that I didn't know about that it's less acidic uh, and it's sweeter by nature. So I don't add anything to it uh and therefore it's lower calorie and i feel better about myself
1: well we all want jamie tedford to feel better about himself as if he doesn't have enough reason to feel great about himself <laughs> already with all of his accomplishments jamie are you considering I, I think you talked in the beginning about whether you considered yourself or you weren't sure one of the crazy ones the rebels the troublemakers a round peg in the square hole do you feel that way anymore or are you you're pretty much the round peg in the round hole today
2: uh, yeah, no, I, I, I still believe, I, I still find uh, that I have trouble with rules now that I've, I've been an entrepreneur and, and founder and CEO for, for the last eight years. I don't think I could ever work for anyone again. I don't think I'm very employable any longer. Um, so, so I do still think of myself as a rebel, and I, 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 uh, I revel in, in you know, new ideas and, and new technology and, and new ways to connect uh, consumers with the brands that they love.
1: A reveling rebel. I like that, Jamie. I like that. We have to coin that phrase. I'm going to grab it because I made you say it. There you go. Thank you, Jamie. And I'm in New York, and it is a magnificent day, November 4th, and it's going to be 70 degrees again. It's just, it's beyond how beautiful it could possibly be this time of year. I hope you're enjoying the same weather. Let's turn to Hari Ashvini. Hari, where are you calling from, and what are you drinking, or what are you thinking about drinking later? Do we have Harry?
3: Sorry, here I am. I was okay. going to say, I am in a lovely San Francisco Bay Area, and usually I start my day with a quad shot espresso. Uh, really big into espressos, taste espressos all over the world, and uh, the reason I drink espressos or that much amount of coffee is we work for a German company from the United States. That means that when I'm drinking coffee, my colleagues are leaving to go get beer. that means I get up at a very early time, usually about 4 in the morning, to make sure I catch my German colleagues before they take off. And um, espressos really help with that.
1: Very good. Thank you very much. And Yvette Louis, where are you? You're somewhere in an office somewhere, and and what time of day is it, and what are you drinking or what are you thinking about grabbing later?
4: Well, I am in Memo Park, our headquarters. It is about 8.20 in the morning, and I cannot... Uh, start my day without a cup of coffee. This morning I'm having a cup of Copa Cafe. It's a local coffee shop, uh, in Palo Alto. But, uh, we have their, we have them, it available in our micro kitchens. And after this, I'm sadly going to have another coffee. So, uh, this, this coffee break is, is
1: perfect.
4: Perfect, uh, uh, explanation of how I start my mornings.
1: No, why did you say sadly you're going to have another coffee? Is this something you're not supposed to do, or do you feel like you're being a rebel by doing a reveling rebel?
4: I I think I might be being
1: a reveling rebel to have two cups of coffee within the next couple of hours, but but it's just that good. Okay, well, I'm glad it's just that good. And the three of you don't know me, but uh, the, the secret you can't tell anybody is... They don't let Bonnie have any caffeine on radio show days, and you'll just have to stick around and figure out why. So we are <laughs> now on a live edition of Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio presented by SAP. If you in the audience, I know you're out there in over 225 countries, regions, and states, and we welcome you, this is episode number 206, if you can keep track. And interestingly enough, I launched this series on October fifth, 2011, which just happened to be the day that the world lost Steve Jobs. And that's how I remember the date, which is kind of weird. But anyway, speaking of reveling rebels, uh, he certainly did change the world. We're talking today about Facebook, etc. And etc. means you fill in the blank: social media, social community, social platform, social networks, whatever you're on. Facebook, etc. And your business beyond friending. Stick around; we have a lot more to cover with my three esteemed panelists: Jamie Tedford at Brand Networks, Hari Ashvini at SAP, and Yvette Louis at Facebook. Woohoo! I think this is the 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 first time we've had someone from Facebook on the show and a shout out to James Gold at SAP who helped put this panel together as well as Brad Borkin, our friend, also at SAP who brought Jim into the mix. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham and I plan to continue to be me after the break. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Justin out.
0: You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to graham at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag r a d i o Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers.
1: Here we are, and this is a very important topic. Have you dabbled in social media? Oh, come on, you have. But you ever thought of using it for your business? Well, of course you can. And the of course is what we know, and we want to help you figure out. Our topic today is Facebook, etc., and your business, Beyond Friending. And there's gold in them, Narhill, so stick around and listen. Our first panelist to open the roundtable with me today will be Jamie Tedford, the founder and CEO of Brand Networks. Jamie sent me a bunch of very interesting... Interesting comments and topics for our roundtable before the show. And here's where I think we're going to start, Jamie. You say Facebook's people-based marketing, and you put it in quotes, which is interesting to me, is more than just a trendy catchphrase. It's a transformative approach for business marketing, and that's a mouthful. So, Jamie Tedford, tell me more, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah you know it's um I put it in quotes because it has it 's a term that was coined by by facebook um, and interestingly has been somewhat co opted by a number of other social platforms whether in in that exact terminology or or um, in their own sort of parlance but the idea i think is very appealing right it sounds it sounds very human it sounds very personal uh and personal personalized however For me, what it really is is uh, it's a it's a nod to relevance. It's a nod to um, the dynamic that Yvette was describing earlier, which is. Um, we all want to be spoken to as if we're people, and as if we are uh, the communications that we welcome into our lives, or in the case of Facebook, into our newsfeed, um, that they've been personalized, that they've been they've taken into account um, all this in- immense and massive data that um, we make available to marketers. In uh, and, and you know the quid pro quo in that um, equation is. If I'm going to make all that data available and um, whether it's what I put into my Facebook profile so you know I'm male or female or that I like these TV shows or that I have these kind of connections um, or even third party data where I live and what you know what kind of what the weather is today in my in my market um, if If you have access to all that data, then I, as a consumer, have a reasonable expectation that you will use it for good and not evil, uh, and that you 'll you'll, um, deliver me mm-hmm. the most relevant messages that you can and with consumers in control, what that really means is, if you don't, um, I will shut you out of my um, out of my newsfeed and out of my communication loop. So, it's not just an opportunity for marketers, although it's a massive one. I feel like it's becoming more of a responsibility, and I think that handshake is um, is is more explicit and transparent than ever with consumers.
1: Very, very interesting. Yes, we do want to be treated as people. Uh, I was reading an interesting article, Jamie, just before I bring Yvette and Hari into this conversation. Reading an article in the New York Times this morning when I woke up, I like to check my Times online, about how they're using neuroscience now in political campaigns all over the world. Of course, U.S. politicians are either not using it or they're in denial that they are. We'll let that one go because we're not a political conversation show. However, uh, they are now able to through Internet of Things and Sensors, Jamie take political billboards in major, let's say, in uh, uh, major gathering places in Mexico, for example, and as you pass by, you just walking along, Jamie, in this plaza, Mm -hmm. this square, they're able to read your body language from the message, how you're reacting, your eye, your pupils dilation, anything in your heartbeat. They're able to remotely measure it and change the message on the board to something you might like better as you walk by and use that in political campaigns. Is that personalization to the point? point of OMG. Really? You want to make a quick comment on that?
2: right it reminds me of a minority report if you remember that that tom cruise movie and that was it was so shocking when it came out the pe- the, the character was walking through an airport and the sign was talking to him and using his name etc and i think that, you know there there is a there's a tipping point to creepy that i think we as marketers always try to pull back from but interesting example is that you know local is um that's that dials up relevance for all of us um to sort of nth degree and and so to the extent that when we're messaging. We can use, you know, a local um, uh, cut to that to that content or to that messaging. Um, I don't care so much about sort of my the the national uh, food chain that I shop at, but I do absolutely have an affinity for not just my local supermarket, but. In fact, the guy who cuts my deli meat just the way I like it, and the checkout clerk who who i 've gotten to know over the years that local sort of component to marketing is something that um, it dials up relevance and makes it um, you know, makes it more effective
5: Jamie, you want to finish up with one key sentence and then i 'll invite Yvette Louie from Facebook to comment on your on your comments. Talk to me, jamie
2: yeah yeah it, really it was. Um, uh, a long winded uh, approach to people based marketing but and I appreciate net net is, that <laughs> uh, The net net is that um, for for consumers we're we really are beginning to not just um, uh, appreciate personalized marketing, but come to expect it. And we actually have the power to control what messages reach us uh, through mediums like Facebook. And, and so there is a, there's a handshake and a responsibility between marketers and uh, consumers that, that you're going to serve me things that I care about and that are really relevant. And by doing so, uh, you as the marketer, you're going to uh, reach me more efficiently and effectively.
5: Thank you very much, Jamie. Really appreciate that. Thanks for your patience. Yvette Louie, you're with us from Facebook. Talk to me Yvette, about what Jamie just shared, please. Your thoughts.
4: I, I cannot agree more with Jamie. I mean, I'll, bu- I'll build on his point just from a even, I think the main takeaway is it really is what's good for people is good for businesses. So thinking about how you deliver value to the end person with the The information or data that they might share with you, there is that explicit handshake. Hey, if I'm sharing this information, I expect a more targeted and relevant message. Um, And so I would share personally, last year I learned about Fleetwood Mac, one of my favorite bands of all time, was in town uh, through uh, uh, our platform. Um, And it's because I've been to their concerts in the past and, and that I like them. Uh, on the platform and and therefore I got uh, a message that they were going to be in Oakland. so again I, I don't see that as creepy I see that as incredibly relevant and and targeted and I ended up having a great time at the concert with friends.
5: Isn't that wonderful Yvette? it's just it's something that it borders on do we really need to know this to I didn't know I needed to know it, but now that I know it, it's going to change my life, it's going to change my business, it's information I wanted. You know, I wasn't checking on, on social media a lot, but I find that, the well, it, a lot of it has to do with the people you friend, and there's our word from our title, Yvette, uh, beyond friending. A lot of it has to do with the people whose feeds appear in your news feed, isn't it? And what kinds of information you expect from them. Do you
4: think that has to do with our level of choice of whom, whom we want to friend, Yvette? Absolutely. I mean, that comes down from everything uh, uh, that you choose which friends you're going you want to hear from in your newsfeed. We have an algorithm on the back end that tries to optimize, and based on your activity and based on your friends' activities, uh, we really try to serve up that relevant, delightful experience, if you will. And so, even if I'm going through my own newsfeed, it's a mix of updates about my three-year-old niece, all the way to my coworkers. Uh, to old high school friends. And then in between, I might get uh, an update about from People Magazine and TechCrunch and uh, uh, other news sources in there as well. Thank you very much, Yvette. Hari Ashvina you've been so patient.
5: What do you think about what Jamie and Yvette have been sharing with us? Hari?
3: I I agree, Bonnie, 100%. And uh, coming from the outside, when I say outside, coming from the traditional enterprise software space, uh, and now uh, I've spent about two years working with Facebook as a partner with Brand Networks and uh, with a variety of the so- so- social media players, I can tell you that in our conversations with Facebook, the colleagues would often say uh, people are real on Facebook. And for the longest time, I struggled with it. What was that? And now mm-hmm. I can tell you that uh, people are so open about what they like and dislike and their favorite, uh, what they do in their daytime and what activities are and that gives uh, a tremendous opportunity for our customers, SAP customers, to say, uh, these are our consumers at the end of the day, so how can we tailor um, advertising that actually is relevant for them, that they actually care about seeing, and it's not spam? And I think we have done a lot in terms of looking at historical data that is sitting in enterprise systems in SAP and using that intelligence, the big data analytics, and Producing meaningful campaigns on Facebook, so I think it's very exciting.
5: Very interesting. You, you use that word, Harry, and I don't want to get into into too much into the the guts of advertising, but use the word campaigns. Very interesting, and I'm going to just broaden that word if I can. I think Yvette would like to comment on this, and listen, I'm sure Jamie will. The idea of a campaign is that, as Yvette said, somebody was having your concert; she didn't know about it. They might not have been a big business, but they were on a campaign to let people know, to get the word out, right? And, and Jamie, I'm sure you use it for that with your business. So I guess the question is how much, and we have a special show here on SAP Radio. We have a separate show called Social Selling with Game Changers, and we talk about that fine line of being the business person with the business hat versus being the human being who is authentically engaging and not selling anything until you establish a relationship don't think because it's November and you have to close your books in six weeks that you have to start planning people with hard-selling campaigns on social. Pardon my French. It ain't going to work, kids. So um, so the word campaign, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually ask Yvette Louis at Facebook to comment on that. When a business is, is launching something they want people to know about, how do you couch the campaign in friendly, informational, wording, language, images, so that it doesn't come across as a hard sell. That's my question. Yvette?
4: No, I think it's a it's a really interesting question. I think it boils down to a couple of things. One is how do you make sure you're reaching the right customers? And then the other piece of it is how do you reach those mm-hmm. right customers with the right interesting creative and message? Yes. Yes, yes. So the the, the coolest thing is is that I feel like advertising has in many ways progressed. And when you think of the mobile phone, I mean, talk about it always seems impossible until it's done. Uh, Mobile is the most important, fastest platform and the most disruptive technology in the history of communication. I mean, it took radio uh, 38 years, TV 13 (laughs) years to reach 50 million people, and mobile took seven years to reach 1.4 billion people. So when you think about how, talk about personal, your mobile phone is about as personal as it gets. It's with you all day long, and most people don't ever leave leave it, right? And so yep. there's an incredible responsibility to make sure that for businesses and, and for for companies, platforms, to make sure they get it right and that they're as targeted and relevant and timely and useful as possible when they're wanting to reach out to their customers. So I think it really comes down to making sure that you know who, who it is that you want to reach, uh, who mm-hmm. are those customers, are they existing customers, are they prospective customers that may, maybe have never even heard of your business, and then making sure that you tailor the message and the creative to that, to that audience. So if it's an existing customer, maybe you want to serve up something that is super relevant to get them back to your store. If it's a prospective customer that maybe has never heard about your business, you might want to do a little education about why that why your business is relevant for them.
5: Interesting, Yvette. I want to share something with you before Jamie chimes in. Uh, somebody I know here on Long Island, uh, she and I are on each other's Facebook feed, and the other day, it was a very long post from her, and it said something like, I'm so excited. I just... I just did such and such, and I just helped somebody with their yada yada, whether it was she she does cable TV like I do. I just helped somebody put together a cable show, and they're delighted. And then she said, and in case you didn't know, I also write campaigns. I do newsletters. I help people with their social brand. And she put a list of about 15 to 20 things she does as her business. Well, I was so intrigued, Yvette, I went and looked at the comments. And the comments weren't, how dare you sell us here on a personal Facebook page? The comments were, "Wow, Donna, you are a Renaissance woman. Cool beans, Donna. Do you ever sleep? Wow, Donna, I knew you were multi-talented. I didn't know. I, I'm not making this up. Is that? I didn't know you did all this. Donna. Is there anything you can't do and can't do well? I mean, people were treating it like, "Wow, it's time for Donna's CV on Facebook," rather than how, did, how you? I was so intrigued. And I don't know, it, it, did she do it right, Yvette, that people were giving her, they were giving her props, if you will, they were giving her kudos on what a great human being and what a smart person she was. Is that the coup she pulled off, or is that really? What do you think? And then Jamie, I want Jamie's opinion too. Yvette?
4: Uh, well, I mean, I think it goes back to just, you know, the platform is there. To Our, our mission is to give people the power to share. And make the world more open and connected. And so different people use the platform in different ways. Certainly is uh, your friend Donna is expressing herself both on a personal and professional level. And the platform is expressly uh, the purpose is to allow people to share and for people to share and comment and and feel connected, whether it's, again, something that is business-focused and rooting her on from a personal level.
5: So maybe, in fact...
4: She did a great job. <laughs> Maybe she
5: finessed <laughs> yes. it in a way that I that most of us would never have figured out. Jamie, I can't wait to hear what you have to say, Jamie Tedford.
2: Yeah, it's interesting, Bonnie, that you picked up on the word campaign because I think it carries a lot of baggage with it from, um, from sort of what, what we all think of as traditional advertising and having come from that world at a traditional agency. Um, the word campaigner, that process was you know, a really drawn out and, and dragged out process where you have a brief from your co- client or customer, you know, this is the product, these are the attributes, then creative teams go away for weeks on, on end and come back with 100 ideas and then they get vetted down into a few ideas, and then once that idea is locked down, it's turned into a piece of media, whether that's a print ad or, or a TV ad, and then the media team picks it up and distributes it right in one way fashion. Here, it's going to go to these channels because they seem to have the right demographics, and it goes out into ether. We never really know what was effective. Maybe we can correlate some, you know, some some bump in the in the uh, sale of that product. But today, it's it's almost completely reversed, and and you know, in many cases, a marketer or a brand using social media is re acting and responding to an event, you know, her, her, um, Oreo's um, doing a tweet um, when the when the lights went down in the Super Bowl a few years ago was a good is the example mm-hmm. that most people use, and you know it's and, and Oreo was in position to get that tweet out and approve it and put it out in you know in in real time and then you know and, and see the effectiveness of that. Um, that's the difference today. And I'll just take it one step further. When we talk about campaigns now, um, it's it 's set it in a lot of ways we 're trying to figure out how much of that we can um, use computers to automate so so um, you know and it, the idea is you know, let's set the parameters or the business rules. Uh, when this post gets X amount of engagement, then we're going to put mm-hmm. more media behind it. Or, you know, if it's raining in Seattle today, then we promote this product. Or, you know, from a big box retailer, if my inventory levels are, you know, in this store are higher on this product, uh, let's go ahead and put an ad into the newsfeed of this group of people. I mean that's the that's you know a term commonly used as programmatic advertising and it you mm-hmm. know, there's a big controversy on whether that kills creativity. I would argue that it actually enhances creativity and puts a, a higher premium on on being nimble and and being responsive
5: very interesting and that creativity word
4: just came into the conversation. Yvette did I hear you comment? yeah yeah, I was just gonna if I can build on Jenny's yeah. point. I think the uh, uh, the the whole uh notion of campaign makes sense from it's how you kind of compartmentalize as a business like I have this new product I want to share with the world or I have this discount I want to share and so there's a start and end date and it goes back to old marketing or you know media when it became completely proliferated felt like you needed to get that message out about your new product to as many people as you can uh, mm-hmm. in, in that time span and nowadays with mobile and with uh, just all of the different ways that you can communicate with people and have a persistent relationship with customers, you, it, it almost, that whole notion of campaign goes away because now you have this ability to like storytell on a platform and really sequentially message about your product over time, build up uh, news about your new store opening or whatnot, and then be able to keep that relationship going with your customers.
5: That's that's the nugget we were looking for. Thank you very much, Yvette. Hari, love to hear your point of view on this. Talk to me. You're the one who started this whole thing with the word campaign. So, what do you think uh, about what Yvette and Jamie have shared, Hari?
3: Uh, so, Bonnie, um, I think I think that, that there's an aspect of campaigns that is very uh, interesting, which I call as customer advocacy. So, so uh, let me give you a couple mm-hmm. of examples. Uh, Procter yeah. and Gamble. Um, one of their brands is Pringles. Uh, Pringles is—you know—they have different flavors in different countries. In the U.S., we have barbecue and cheddar. In Germany, they have paprika. In Asia, they have curry flavor, Thai flavor, etc. And what they did was use the feedback that they're getting from social media campaigns to actually make changes to the product and optimize mm-hmm. the product to actually better suit what the customer actually wanted. In SAP, we do the same thing. We are constantly mining social media data and campaigns and really listening to customers to say, "What are you guys really saying about this? What are your pain points? What is keeping you up at night?" And mm-hmm. that kind of insight, and being able to take that kind of insight and quickly make changes to the product so that you're able to have a better experience to your customer, I think is very powerful. So to me, it's a full cycle where the information, the relationship building, all loyalty, all of that comes in together and effectively impacts the kind of service that a business provides back to the customer.
5: Great insight, sorry. And and while I'm listening to you, I'm thinking that social and, and I love for you that and Jamie to chime in on this too, I'm hearing you say on, in subtext, if you will, that social provides a comfortable, safe platform to express yourself. Would you say that's correct? Because not you get a salesperson and you get you get a consultant in and say, Well what do you think of this? Well well I don't know, we'll have to get back to you and we'll have to put it together a report and we'll give you mm-hmm. feedback. But on social, there's this sense that it's okay and that the other side is somebody will pay attention and will listen. Do you agree with that or am I out on the wrong limb here, Hari? And then I want Yvette and Jamie to comment. What do you
3: think, Hari? Absolutely. So so this is something that we in SAP take very seriously and we are uh, looking at Facebook Messenger and other technologies such as that where the whole notion of service, customer service is now becoming social brands are actually providing customer service directly on social media platforms and when a conversation happens between your call center rep and uh, your consumer over social media that conversation is saved for both of them to to look at meaning you're going through a sales process you want to buy a jacket you're asking for the price etc all on Facebook and you drop off for a second you come back in the next day and all your conversation is still there and you're able to get back and say hey we were talking about this. Uh, can you help me answer some more questions? And a new rep may be there who has the context. Before, this was done very differently in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the software space where we had a proprietary system that kind of held it all on either the consumer side or on the enterprise side. And now we are able to bridge the service aspect uh, together with Facebook in a very effective way.
1: Thank you very much. By the way, it looks like service has been restored at the station. I'm back on my headset. So Yvette, thoughts about the safety? I'm not sure how much time we have. My show, we still got about seven minutes here, so let's just keep going. Yvette, thoughts about my comment, the safety, the comfort, the someone is listening and it's okay for me to give my feedback right now. Do you agree with that in terms of giving feedback to businesses? Absolutely. I mean, the platform is
4: there for people to share and connect all over the world. And that's it includes businesses uh, sharing, sharing, and connecting with businesses. I think the responsibility that every platform and business has is just being very transparent and giving people control, so people can choose which businesses they connect with. And if they decide that it no longer is relevant for them or they don't like a particular message that they hear, that they can get, they have mechanisms to give that feedback in real time. And I think that's, again, good for people, and what's good for people is also good for businesses.
1: I love that. And that was one of your notes. And by the way, Jamie, I'm going to hold you off for just a second, Yvette. I'm looking at your mm-hmm. notes here. I want to get this in. Uh, Facebook now has over 2.5 million active advertisers and over 45 million small business cha- pages. Very interesting. Is that growing exponentially, or is that kind of where you think it's going to stay for a while, Yvette? Oh, no. It's It's growing. It's growing as as uh, more people connect
4: on the platform, and the more we partner with companies like SAP and brand networks to help businesses really connect with their customers, prospective customers on our platform. So, we, we see that uh, continuing to, as, as long as we continue to deliver and delight uh, positive experiences for people, then we will also do the same for businesses.
1: Beautifully summed up. Jamie Tedford, want to hear your thoughts on what I was talking about as far as a safe place where you know somebody is paying attention. Thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, service is um, like, like advertising, is local. And so to the extent that I have an issue with um, my grocery store, if using that example again, I actually probably have a customer service issue because there's a spill in aisle 10 or you're out of this product or I didn't feel like I got good service from the, you know, from, from, uh, from this deli person. Um, con- you know, the other end of that is I also probably want to use that platform to congratulate those folks. And um, part of what my company does is enable, uh, you know, national brands, national retail brands to, to, um, to enable local uh, managers uh, and employees to actually both be recognized, but also to give them a voice to talk to their customers, it's you know this is it is a local marketing platform. Um, while it has huge global reach, um, again the, the whether it's customer service or advertising, uh, relevance is is enhanced by by, by uh, spotlighting uh, what's happening locally.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, you know what? I'm waiting for the engineer to tell me if we're still ending in five minutes, so I'm just going to keep going until I hear, I see the blue light come on the stage and say, no, stop, stop. They will tell us in a second. Uh, let's see. Check the recording and see, okay, all right, we have four minutes left, so let's use it well. You know what? I'm just going to go right now, what I call sliding into home plate, and we're going to do our predictions round. It's crystal ball time. So Jamie Tedford at Brand Networks. love the name of your company, by the way. That is really cool. And if you abbreviate it to BN, you're talking about billion, and I hope that's your success level. There you go. That's my little little marketing for you, Jamie Tedford. Very, very clever. Jamie, look into the crystal ball. How far into the future? I can give you 45. seconds. I'm sorry for predictions. (laughs) Talk to me. What do you see?
2: Yeah, we, we see we see more uh, we see more native advertising. In other words, advertising that happens um, in your news feed in the platforms that you have enabled, and your, and specifically in mobile. So, um, you know, we think about it as the, the leaders of being Instagram uh, and Facebook, obviously owned by the same company. Uh, but Twitter, uh, you know, looking at LinkedIn uh, and looking at platforms like Pinterest, um, all of all of whom have made a very Specific choice to to make uh, to make their advertising native versus to open it up to um, what 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 is commonly known as real time bidding, which sort of depersonalizes that experience. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Uh, we're seeing, you know, major publishers uh, take a page out of that book that, honestly, Facebook has led. I'm not just saying that because if that's on the phone. Uh, it is true. They have led that, that revolution. They recognize that their biggest value was in the customers and, or excuse me, the consumers and the user data that, that their user base provides, and they didn't want that to, uh, to cheapen that. And, you know, I think everyone has taken a lead from that because, um, A, it's effective. It's obviously built a, a one Wonderful advertising product uh, and a great growth story from a revenue standpoint. Um, But it's also delivering on the promise of connecting, you know people and places and things and brands and you know back to the, that's how we came up with a name for our company almost 10 years ago the idea that you put brands in the center and that we're, we're trying to network them not sell but to network them with with their best customers who are inclined to to say good things and uh, and or give you thank honest you. feedback and jamie and i need to give uh, 30 important. seconds
1: for a wrap up for crystal ball thank you dear to yvette louis at facebook yvette 30 seconds what are your predictions please well the predictions are a big focus on getting more of the world connected
4: uh, with internet and free basic services. so the more voice, the more we can give people voice and the ability to share and connect, uh, I see that very much in in the world's future. And then I think certainly having more people based marketing, more relevant, valuable, timely uh, messages and making those meaningful connections between people and businesses. I see that happening above and beyond even just mobile and the Internet, hopefully that that transcends to all the other
1: devices that you're connecting with businesses. Thank you, Yvette. Meaningful connections, I like that. I think that's the mantra here, meaningful and connections. Put it together, it packs a wallop. And Hari Ashvini, thank you. I only have about 20 seconds. Give me two sentences for your predictions. Go ahead, Hari.
3: I'll give you two, two points. Coming from the business net, networks world, we think that there's going to be convergence of multiple social networks globally, so people get more connected. Secondly, I think you will start to see a lot more services like commerce and payment services and variety of other tools that people can use on these social media platforms. I'll leave you with that
1: thank you very much. Very eloquently done. I have a shout out and thank you so much to Jamie Tedford at Brand Network, Yvette Louie at Facebook and Hari Ashveen at SAP as well as Brad Borkin and Jamie, Jim, Jim, Jim Gold, James Gold at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Shout out to Justin and the Business Channel team. We did it. Here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today and check out social media. Make more meaningful connections. That's what we all want. Talk to you in a couple of hours on our other series, Game Changing HR Leaders. Bye-bye.